Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reached my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is August 4th, 2021. That's a Wednesday. And it's currently 2.18 a.m. in the morning. Yep, I'm up late doing some work. Actually, to be honest, before this, I wasn't doing work. I was watching some HBO Max. Uh, there was a good movie I was watching there. It was called, um, what was it called? No Reservations. It's a nice romantic comedy. And uh, it starred, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones and I, that other guy who was in Battlefield and he played Two-Face in the joke uh, in um, Batman. I'm not sure what his name is, but I like him as an actor. And the movie was great. The movie was great. I had a lot of fun watching it and it ended very beautifully. So I kind of liked it. Anyway, I'm going to turn this music down and get into, I guess, what I want to talk about for today. Um, two topics today. Um, first off, um, before I cut to commercial, I want to talk about COVID in Hawaii. And the second topic I want to kind of address is Governor Kumo. Um, I don't like Governor Kumo at all in any form. Um, I think he's creepy. I think he's rude. I think he's, um, he actually could be the sexual deviant. I just don't know. Um, but I want to give him his fair shake. All right. I want to approach this, uh, topic of, Governor Cuomo versus the sexual harassment statements, uh, I guess, with an open mind, all right? And um, with the open mind that he is innocent until proven guilty. And I'll get into why I think that. And I think that should be practiced with anything, anyone. Anyone who's accused of any type of crime or any allegation, I think we have to approach it with, a, with an open mind. Especially, well, here in, in America, it's not really an open mind. We have, a, we have a bias toward innocence, right? Where they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Uh, but why don't we just take a look at the evidence? And then I want to, like, um, I guess, analyze some of the evidence with you. And uh, you can come up to your own decision whether or not you feel that it's sexual misconduct or, or he's actually you know, just really creepy, weird guy. And, uh, and I'll give you my opinion on it. But before that... I want to talk about, again, COVID in Hawaii. Now, cases are rising here in Hawaii uh, on all of the islands, right? That Delta variant, man, it is very, very contagious. And um, did I come down with COVID ever? Uh, I think actually back in, uh, I think, 2019, around October or so, uh, I was in the mainland in California and with my family, and we got kind of sick, but not really that sick. My mom lost her her sense of um, smell and her taste for about two months. That sounds like COVID, right? And um, we were all kind of a little short of breath. I remember walking around Universal Studios and, you know, I'm in pretty good shape, even though I was kind of overweight from just eating barbecue for that entire vacation. Uh, I had a hard time walking from the uh, these stairs that separate the, the, I guess, phase one and phase two of Universal Studios. And, uh, you know, there were all these stairs and you know, my mom, she does the stair climbing thing over at 24 Hour Fitness and I'm like biking and everything. And man, we had to take a break between going up the stairs. And this is, this was kind of weird. I was telling my mom, I said, man, you know, I know we're a little bit sick, but I'm really out of breath. And, um, so we may have had COVID. I don't know. You know, now we're, now we're learning that, um, the leak in the Wuhan lab happened sometime in September and more than likely COVID was here in America sometime around September 2019. So could have had it, had it spread to us. I do know this, that we got sick. We got everyone else who was around us sick very, very quickly. Um, they all came down with a cold for about two weeks. It was the same thing. Again, were we sick with COVID? I don't know. We just didn't get te- the test, right? It didn't kill us though. So, and I never, it, um, and I loaded myself up with tons of drugs, by the way, too. So it really didn't hit me that bad. Um, 
anyway, I, I, I just gonna. I'm, but anyway, um, did I come down with diagnosed COVID ever? Uh, no. Um, and when we we actually should have come down with diagnosed COVID one time, uh, because my grandmother's caretaker, uh, she actually tested for COVID, and she was a super spreader. She spread it to her. Her, um, her husband, her kids, everyone else. Uh, but anybody who was taking quercetin and zinc, like my Auntie Char, myself, and my grandmother, and, uh, you know, myself and everyone else who was in contact with this person, uh, COVID stopped right there dead in its tracks. Now, did it stop because, again, we were, we had the antibodies from the previous infection. If we did have a previous infection, it could have. Was it the quercetin and zinc? It could have been that. Uh, could it be because we had a common code and the common code created T cell immunity in us it could have been that we just don't know but all i know is that we didn't get the uh, we didn't get the um the virus like you know a confirmed virus count right uh the other thing about it too is that um uh we did get the shot my whole family we all got the shot my grandmother got the shot my aunt everyone got the shot so we're all vaccinated uh most of my friends were all vaccinated or they've had covid and recovered uh there's only one friend of mine uh who is not vaccinated who has chosen to basically you know not do it because he doesn't believe in it and that's his body his choice uh but here right now in hawaii covid cases are going through the roof uh it's really really bad and that Delta variant is no joke. I mean, it is very, very contagious, and it's spreading like a really bad brush fire. Uh, uh, my friend um, actually got it from Ohio, you know, and she's, uh, but it didn't kill her. Now, one thing we do know about viruses or most viruses uh, is that when they mutate, they they get weaker, right? And one thing we also do know is that when they mutate and get weaker, that usually signifies the end to this entire, you know, to the entire uh, virus pandemic. Uh, this is this is one thing which, how viruses actually burn themselves out. So, for example, and when it comes to COVID, you have a lot of people getting vaccinated vaccinated for COVID, and a lot of people who are not. Well, eventually, you know, COVID is going to it mutate and it's going to become much more contagious. But the virus wants to live, right? So it's not going to kill off of its host. So what's going to happen is that, yeah, it's going to go through your body and it wants to live in your body and it wants to live in your body in conjunction with your, you know, your immune system. So it's not going to try to kill you off. Now, any time of the day, you will be tested for, I think, one trillion viruses and bacteria within your body and you will test positive for the presence of those viruses and bacteria. The reason why you're not getting sick is because that virus or bacteria is, is not novel to your body. The only reason why COVID-19 was actually harmful to your body, because it was novel. You know, again, it came from a bat virus, right? It was the Wuhan lab modified it to make this bat virus actually contagious to humans. That's why they, they gained their function. That's why that gain-of-function research is so dangerous. It, 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 it accelerated evolution. Usually, it, you know, this virus will not evolve to this, this quickly. Remember, it, it jumped from animal to human and then human to human really quick within like boom boom like that right and that's why i told everyone out there that this seems to be manufactured because viruses just don't jump with like that like say for example swine flu it'll jump from so and so pig to human but it has yet to jump from human to human right so you just have to stop eating pigs right so even the Black Plague was like from rat to human, but it didn't go from human to human, right? So that's where you can kind of solve things. 
this was very, very strange. Like SARS and MERS, they could still actually, it didn't jump from, you know, uh, it, they actually were able to solve it, solve it because it didn't jump from human to human. It, didn't, it wasn't that contagious from human to human, even though it was very lethal. So it didn't evolve very quickly. It didn't evolve to become this very, very contagious variant, even though it was being transferred from human to human. So uh, anyway, um, the Delta variant is being spread through Hawaii, but we are seeing a disconnect between positive cases and deaths. Now, why is that? Now, there's, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, the PCR test that you're, everyone is getting and any of the rapid tests or any of the approved tests out there, the ones where they scrub the inside of your nose, that doesn't test for infection. Let's make that very, 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 very clear, right? You know, there's the only way to actually test for infection is to look under, you know, take your blood or, or, or take a PCR test and then, or, or nasal swab, and then to, to actually swab that your that uh, nasal swab on top of a petri dish, and then look under a micros- microscope, grow that bacteria or virus, and see if that's actually COVID nineteen. Now the PCR test can't differentiate between a regular coronavirus, like a common cold, or actually COVID nineteen. All right, so that's what it's not very accurate. The other thing is that it can't tell whether or not it's an infected. Well, it, ha- it has infected your ACE two receptors, so that's the other thing. So. Say, for example, you have someone who may test, you know, positive for COVID-19 in their nose, right? And that may be uh, correct, but has that COVID-19 actually infected your ACE2 receptors, right? Chances are, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, depending on your antibodies within your, within your immune system. And this is why a lot of people who have been, you know, took the vaccine, who have the antibodies within them, are actually, you know, getting tested, are testing positive for the presence of COVID. Again, there's a difference between presence of COVID and also infection of COVID. So some of those, you know, variants of Delta will may get through into your body, but it's not going to spread too far. So people who actually are, you know, fully vaccinated, especially with these mRNAs, um, are just getting, you know, a headache or like a sniffles. They say, you know, maybe they have a sniffles for one day or like a small little cough. They don't even know that they're sick, even though that the viral levels of COVID-19 are like through the roof. Their body is effectively fighting it off because of the vaccines. Now, before because of the antibodies, let me make this clear. The CDC had lied to you when they had said that, you know, you can't get infected or you, you can't test positive for COVID if you take the vaccines. The truth is you can't get a, a very, very strong infection. This is the truth with any type of vaccine out there, like even with the flu vaccine, right? If that, it will, it will protect you from that strain of flu, from getting that strain of flu, if you come in, into contact with that strain of flu. It actually works for that specific um, strain of flu. The flu vaccine does, right? But if that flu vaccine doesn't work, I mean, if, if that flu is a different strain, then that flu vaccine is basically worthless. Now, it, it, now um, I don't want to get into like whether or not flu vaccines, the future of flu vaccines are actually going to be um, uh, effective or not. Uh, that's a whole new, entirely new conversation I can have with you. Uh, but I will tell you right now that there are the next flu, I guess, round of flu vaccines that are coming out. They'll protect you from all of the flu. That's going to be incredible. And that's being created by Senevax uh, and Dr. Jacob Glanville. So for all of the people out there saying, well, the flu vaccine doesn't work, 
that may be true, that's right now, but in the future, that's going to be completely false. With that being said, with all that being said, should you actually get the vaccine or not, you know, that's your that's your body, your choice. I'm not going to tell you whatever, whatever it means. But all I want to tell you is that there is a disconnect right now between positive cases and, infect- and, and infections, right? So as the numbers go up, you're going to see a lot of people getting infected, not infected, but test- testing positive for the presence of COVID. But the, the question is, are they infected? And in the media, they tend to blend the two words t- together. So positive to them equals infected, right? It makes no sense at all. That's why you're seeing like here in Hawaii, you have some, you know, you have a lot of positive cases, more than you ever had back before. Uh, but because the Delta variant is just so out there, but because we have a lot of, you know, people who are just, you know, fully vaccinated, I think close to 66% right now, um, the deaths are hovering around zero. So that's really good news. Most of the elder populations, they're all fully vaccinated. Most of the people who are, I think about 70% of the people who are eligible for, um, for vaccination here on Oahu, I mean, here on the, the state of Hawaii, are actually, you know, you know, fully vaccinated. So that's really good. Now, should the younger people, not everyone should get vaccinated, by the way, because you still have people who have, um, who have been infected and recovered, right? And then on top of that, you have people who may be pregnant and they don't want to have, take this vaccine for their kids. Then you have young people who shouldn't take the vaccines. Let's be honest with you, with ourselves, right? Young people, if they get COVID, they don't know. Uh, most of these infections, by the way, that are happening are young people and it's going straight through the, through their system. So it's fine. So that's why you're not even seeing the relation between deaths, right? Now you may have some people who end up in the hospital and, uh, but then again, you know, if you treat COVID, it's actually very easy, very easy to beat. Not very well. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take that back. It's very, it's very, uh, COVID is something that's very capable of being beaten, right? There are effective treatments out there. Now, um, there was one uh, sad story just recently is uh, this uh, local star chef. I think his name is Grant Kawasaki. He's only 45 years old and um, he just died of COVID. So what happened was that he, um, I think he uh, passed away from COVID-19. I'm reading reading this article right now. He passed away from COVID-19 on July 25th. Very, very sad. And... uh, the really, really sad thing about it was that he was diagnosed with COVID-19 and the doctors just told him to quarantine. That's it. They thought he was getting better, but his uh, family had discovered him and he was just basically unconscious. Now, the real sad thing about it is he he actually didn't get any type of treatment for COVID. No ivermectin, no remdesivir, no convalescent plasma, no hydroxychloroquine or nothing. He chose not to get the, the shot but then again, he, he chose not to get, well, he, he didn't choose any treatment. The doctors didn't treat them. And this is the real tragedy part of COVID is that doctors, the majority of doctors out there are just following CDC guidelines, which their, uh, I guess their guidelines is to not treat COVID, just to have people to quarantine them. And then to just, uh, you know, to, to have them, uh, you know, have people get vaccinated. That's their main, that's the, that's the CDC guideline out there. And the, here in Hawaii, it's very hard to find a doctor who will think out of the box, who would treat COVID-19. Uh, in Florida, in red states, you'll find more doctors that are willing to treat COVID, like in Texas or any of the, any, any state that voted for Trump, you're going to find treatments for COVID. Like uh, one of my friends, 
who's a nurse over in Florida, they tend to use remdesivir very quite often. So they said when a patient comes in with COVID, they put them on the remdesivir drip and they're five days later, they're good to go, right? So that's good because remdesivir does show some promise. Again, there's remdesivir, ivermectin. Ivermectin is showing a lot of promise. Uh, hydroxychloroquine mixed with zinc and azithromycin. You know, I, I've talked to some, a lot of frontline doctors, not just one, a lot of them, they still believe in hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin. They've treated, I think, uh, cumulatively altogether millions of patients and not one of them have died on them. Not one. And they're treating patients who are, 90, who are 91 years old, you know, getting close to 100, who were diagnosed with COVID. Now, you got to treat COVID really, really, really quickly. Really, really, really quickly as soon as you get um, diagnosed with it. So it won't spread to your other parts of your body and start attacking your organs. And once it starts attacking your organs, well, you know what? It's a little too late. And that's what I don't like right now is because a lot of these frontline workers who just follow CDC guidelines, they'll send people home. Like when they get diagnosed with COVID, right? Now's the time to treat them. Don't send them home because when you send them home, that's when that virus can just, you know, stew in your body and just get stronger, stronger, stronger. It'll start, you know, attacking every single organ in your body. And then when they come back to the hospital, it well, now it's too late. You know, now they have to like, you know, put you in a coma so your body can actually repair itself. And then they went, when they, your body repairs itself, then these, these frontline workers call themselves heroes. When the truth is, they should have treat this person when it was actually already, when it was treatable uh, in the very, 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 very beginning, right? So that's the most frustrating thing. Now, the most ironic thing about it, though, is that a lot of these nurses, I think maybe a good like 10 to 20% of these nurses out there, and even frontline doctors, doctors are electing not to get vaccinated. They worked in covid um, wards, but they, they are opting not to get vaccinated. Now, <laughs> before they were considered heroic, right? And, um, I would say there's some, there, you know, some of them actually were heroes, right? Uh, but right now, because they're not vaccinated, the hospitals want to fire them. And they worked this entire whole COVID, I, I guess, this, this COVID epidemic when it was at its worst. Without getting vaccinated, they're out there, you know, you know, using, you know, reusing PPEs, you know, out there like getting infected with COVID. And many of them got infected with COVID and recovered. And they think because we're, they're recovered, they don't need to be vaccinated. And well, the science, you know, supports their decision not to be vaccinated because once you get infected with COVID, it seems as though it protects you from numerous strains. It does. That's the 100% scientific proof. So we're, if we're following the science, so like, again, like what Fauci and the Democrats love to say, they love to follow the science, right? Follow, follow, follow. They don't like, they don't like to interpret the science, which you're supposed to. You're supposed to follow it. But again, if we follow what they want to follow, the science does say that once you're infected with COVID, the chance of reinfection is very, very, very low. The only times when you do get reinfected with COVID is when your PCR test gives you a false positive. And again, it just detects the presence of COVID, not an infection of COVID. So a lot of people, they've tested positive for COVID because COVID was in their nose, but that COVID particle could have been dead, right? And they've never gotten an infection. Like, they, for example, they've never had, they don't have antibodies. But, you know, 
like uh, and then they get te- then they get test- tested for COVID again, and, they- and they'll-, they'll label it as a reinfection. When most likely the first time they didn't get infected, the second time they did. Now, how many, I guess, cases are one hundred percent sure that they were reinfected with COVID here in America? There's one out of one hundred and fifty million people. So one out of one hundred fifty million people. Those odds of it, again, it's one in 150 million people. The odds of you getting reinfected, that means you can probably get struck by lightning three or four times in a row or get COVID twice. (laughs) So that's how rare it is to get COVID if you guys in COVID before. Why do you need the vaccine? Okay. Anyway, where I think, uh, I wanted to, I'll end it on this before I cut the commercial. Where do I think what will happen with COVID in the future? Uh, I think we're seeing the ending of it because herd immunity is right around the corner. Again, we're going to get, those who didn't get the shot are actually going to be, you know, getting infected and recovered. Uh, the majority of those people are young and strong and, and, and very, you know, they won't die from COVID, the majority of them, right? And then you have the people who are already vaccinated, like myself, you know, again, you know, we will, even when we get infected, we're coming with COVID and we do get a little sick. Guess, guess what? Our body does create antibodies to also fight it. So we get both. We are we get the mRNA, we get the fake antibodies, and we get more even more antibodies. So you get more T-cell memory. And that's a good thing, right? Will this COVID variant actually evolve more? You know, who the hell knows? It is an RNA virus because and RNAs tend to, you know, again to tend to actually you know mutate a lot more than DNA. Um, but with each mutation, if this follows the natural, uh, I guess, uh, I guess evo- evolution trail of other viruses, as it mutates further, it'll get a lot weaker. All right. Okay. So that's about it for the first part of this podcast. The next part, I'm going to be talking about Governor Cuomo. Uh, don't like the dude, by the way, just to let you know. And all these sexual harassment allegations against him. Um, the I think the attorney general of the of that state, New, state of New York, came out against him. They filed. Did they file charges? I think they filed some type of charges against him. They're trying to force him out of office. We'll get straight into all of it, and uh, I'll try to be as unbiased as I can. But who, what am I just lying to myself? Because again, we all have biases, right? All right, here's the commercial. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. All right, everyone. Hope you're back from that commercial break. I'm ready to talk about Creepy Kumo. I think that name kind of suits him, right? Creepy Kumo. All right. like this song here. It's called Rebel. It kind of describes me because I'm a kind of a maverick in the way I think, the way I operate, the way I go through life. All right. I'm going to turn this music down. We're going to get straight into Creepy Kumo. Okay, so before I get started on Creepy Kumo, I just want to tell you um, that I don't like the guy. I think uh, he's 100% responsible for the deaths of 
tens of thousands of elderly people who had died in New York City because he pushed infected um, elderly COVID patients back back into the nursing homes. And well, you know, that resulted in, I guess, <laughs> all these elderly people getting infected into nursing homes and then they all basically died, right? And uh, the funny thing about it is that what he did over there in New York City, a lot of other liberal uh, I guess governors did. <laughs> our governor, even here in Hawaii, did that to our elderly, elderly, um, I guess, uh, infected people. And uh, I really believe that they're just, you know, <laughs> feeding Kumo on a sacrificial platter, getting rid of him. So because if he was not gone, if if he were, if he did not, if he is not going to quit because of these sexual allegations against him. Uh, he is red meat for the Democrat uh, for the Republicans, right? Because the Republicans can, can say, "Hey, you know what? All of these other Democrat governors—they're basically the same thing," and they are. But they're trying to get rid of this narrative. So again, Cuomo. I mean, again, why would you? I mean, <laughs> sexual harassment is a major thing, right? But why not go after the real bad thing? Because he actually murdered people, and he he covered up all of all of his actions. He, he covered up everything. So wouldn't there be some type of conspiracy to cover up the evidence or destroy evidence, to lie to investigators, and then on top of that to, again, you're killing elderly people. This is horrible. This is horrible. That's, you know, you kill people. Murder is worse than sexual harassment. Why don't we just say that, right? So why is, are they not going after him for the bigger crime? It's because the Democrats, if Kumo is found guilty of doing, I guess, uh, killing old people, then all of the other liberal mayors from Gavin Newsom to that girl over in Michigan, I forgot her name, to even the governor in Hawaii would all also be guilty as well. So that's what I think. Now, let's talk about this, uh, um, I guess, attorney general report. I did some research on it just to, I guess, uh, to, to bring me up to speed. Uh, no, no charges have been filed against um, Andrew Cuomo. It's just an attorney general report. That's, it's just a report. So will anything get done? Um, I don't know. I really don't think so. So um, they're saying an independent probe into New York Governor Andrew Cuomo found that he sexually harassed multiple women, both in and out of state government. Now, I want to know how they define sexual harassment, right? So the article goes on uh, to outline some of the allegations, right? So there's a woman called Boylan. Uh, she's 36 years old, and she was the first former Kumo aide to come forward last year. And then what did she say? That Now, she said that the, government, the governor touched her on various parts of her body, including her waist, legs, and back. Um, but I want to know exactly what those various parts of her body were. Um, some of them, they were, they, they said that Governor Cuomo hugged her too close and her breast, uh, I guess, pushed against his chest when he hugged her. And that was considered sexual harassment. I don't view that as sexual harassment, right? That's not like, you know, <laughs> I I mean, when I'm viewing sexual harassment, I'm thinking like Bill Cosby or or or, or Jeff Epstein or or Harvey Weinstein, um, just really creeps out there, right? I mean, we've seen people get sexually harassed. A hug, a close hug, is that actually 
sexually uh, sexual harassment, right? Now, how did he touch her on the legs and the back? Now, they said when he hugged her, he actually um, ran his his arms back and uh, up and down the her back. Now, that sexual harassment, and maybe the way he did it, it was sexual harassment, but you know, they're not explaining it explaining it in specific detail um, in this article that I'm reading. Maybe in the report, it's different, right? Now, here's some other things. So Bennett, a 25-year-old, another former aide to Kumo, said that, you know, she thought that Kumo wanted to sleep with her. Why did she feel that, Ro? Because he said that, um, Kumo actually said that, uh, that uh, um, he asked her, how old would you actually date someone? And she said, oh, you know, he, he, he would date someone 25 years younger than him. And he said that age doesn't matter. And then he asked that aide, well, it doesn't make a difference for her. She said that's sexual harassment. I mean, really, is that, is that honestly sexual harassment? I mean, I, I mean, I'm serious, brother. He asked her, how old is too old for you to date, right? And that's a, a regular question. Now, now, is it coming from, is it the way he phrased it? It was rather creepy. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of creepy, right? But then again, is he just, is he just having a regular conversation with her? Um, he, um, again, Kumo also said, uh, he told me to put a tattoo on my butt, not on my shoulder. Okay, is that sexual harassment? It may be inappropriate, but it's not sexual harassment. It may be very tasteless. It may be very classless. But is that actual sexual harassment? <laughs> I don't know. I think some of these young girls who are coming straight out of college are being a little too, you know, hashtag me too, um, you know, type of mo movement type of thing, you know? So let's see here. What else is there? So the 63-year-old divorce governor, I'm reading from the article, apparently told Bennett that he would be willing to date anyone, any woman over 22 years old. At that point in the conversation, Bennett told investigators she felt that Kumo was grooming her and becoming uneasy. All right. You know, but did he ask her out? No, not at all. He just said he would be willing to date any woman over 22. Can't he say that? Can't he say that? I mean, really? I mean, it is, again, kind of creepy, kind of weird. But is that sexual harassment? Um, she said the governor must have known her age because they had discussed that she was 25. And she played soccer against his daughters while growing up. All right. Kumo also recorded um, crooning several lines of the 1960 song, Do You Love Me, uh, by the Contours uh, during a, a 2019 phone call. So I'm not sure what that means. but And then one time he asked her to do push-ups in, in front of him in his office too. And she dropped and gave him 20. She reported Kumo's behavior to a chief of staff and was moved to a new position, according to the report, which found that senior aides sought to implement a practice whereby individual staff members who are women were not to be left alone with the governor. After the AG, AG's findings were released, Bennett again called on Kumo to resign. Now, the governor's action, okay, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, they're going, you know, here's the interesting thing. When these people, they write the article, right? They're not giving anything, anything juicy. Usually when writers want to write an article, they're going to give the juicy stuff. There's nothing juicy here. So he asked her to do push-ups, right? 
Is he a militant leader? Is he doing that for sexual pleasure? I don't know. But he asked her to do push-ups. Is that sexual harassment? I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't, again, I don't like the guy. I think the guy's horrible. I think he's creep. But really? Really? Okay. Liz, 35 years old, a policy and operations aide who worked for the governor from 2013 to 2015, said he'd behave inappropriately while on a job in Albany. Kumo called her sweetheart, asked if she had a boyfriend. And then he touched her lower back and kissed her hand. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's sexual harassment to them. <sighs> I don't know, people. I really don't know. All right. Okay, McGrath, 35. Uh, she became the first current aide to speak out about the sexual harassment in the governor's office, telling the Times that Kumo looked down her shirt, uh, quizzed her about her martial status, and told her that she was beautiful. Okay, maybe he looked down her shirt. Maybe he did. Maybe he snuck a peek. But did he harass her? Right? Did he actually harass her? You know, men will sometimes look at cleavage, right? You know, if a woman wears cleavage, are, are men going to look at it? Some men will look at it, right? You know, she also recalled how Kumo smooched her on the forehead and then gripped, Lee, uh, no, gripped her firmly around the sides while posing for a photo at a 2019 office Christmas party. Okay, he gripped her firmly around the sides. I saw Joe Biden do that. Didn't Joe Biden kiss someone on the head, on the forehead? He did that to kids, right? He did that to a lot of people. And he gripped them firmly around the shoulders on the sides. But Joe Biden did it on camera, and that wasn't sexual harassment. If Kumo is being convicted of sexual harassment, then we should actually uh, um, actually go against you know Joe Biden because Joe Biden I think did worse things, right? Didn't Tara Reid say? I mean, she Tara Reid came out, not the celebrity, this other girl called Tara Reid. She came out and she outlined some very very specific th specific things that Joe Biden did to her. Yet the media brushed right under the rug because it's Joe Biden and they wanted to get Joe Biden in office. All right, let's go. Why don't we go further here? Um, executive, executive assistant number one. All right, so this one is the worst one. So she's not named, but she has said that uh, the governor was groping her breast in the executive mansion last year. So that is sexual harassment, all right? So Kumo, she said, Kumo slid his hands under her bl blouse and grabbed her breast, cupping her breast over her bra. That is sexual harassment, right? No defending that. That is bad, all right? So that's it for here. He's guilty of that one maybe, right? Okay, next one. Okay, so that's one that I agree with. The other ones, I don't, all right? Because, because to me, I think the other ones leave too much room to interpretation. Too much room. Okay, number, why don't we head down to the next one? Trooper number one reports the details for the first time of the allegation that Kumo on multiple occasions sexually harassed an unnamed female state trooper who was assigned to his protective detail. Okay, so oh, if he's sexually harassing someone who's like there to protect him, that's really bad. Okay, so what did he do? He uh, ran his fingers across her stomach and her back, kissed her on the cheek, and asked her for help in finding a girlfriend and asked why she didn't wear a dress. Okay, kind of creepy. Um, that, that is kind of creepy. It is really, really, really creepy. Uh, is he just very tasteless? I don't know. 
In an interview with investigators, Kumo admitted that he may have kissed a trooper at an event, but denied touching her. All right? So, I don't know. I mean, but again, that's still, you know, is he just a touchy-feely guy? I don't know. Is that sexual harassment, a kiss, a kiss on the cheek? I mean, he does kiss a lot of people on the cheek. He's Italian, right? And I, I tell you what, you meet these you meet these Italian guys, they're very, very affectionate. Um, I've done weddings for Italians. Um, the people from Europe, the men will kiss you on each cheek. You know, they, they, uh, they kiss you on each, and you have to time it right because you may kiss the guy on the lips, right? You know, but all, all what I know is that just keep your head still because if you move the wrong way, they're going to kiss you on the lips. So when I do these weddings for the Italians, the groom will come up and kiss me on each cheek. Right? He goes, oh, thank you, thank you, Steve. And he just kissed me on both cheeks. And like, give me a nice, big, big hug. They're like that. And that's one of the reasons why COVID spread so quickly in Italy because they're such an affectionate, um, uh, I guess, uh, uh, people. They're really, really affectionate. Everybody kisses everyone on both cheeks. Here in Hawaii, you just kiss everyone on one cheek, right? So Hawaii is very affectionate to you. Have a nice, big hug. You kiss them on the cheek. Um, he's Italian. He is Italian. He's kissing. There are pictures of him kissing every guy, woman, or whatever on both cheeks, all right? So that may just be within the family. And again, living in this Me Too world, I have a feeling that some of his actions were misinterpreted, all right? So, but some of them, the groping part, that's definitely sexual harassment. That one, I would say, there's a case there. These other ones, I think they're kind of pulling at strings, all right, so now next one, Virginia Lamatius, Lamatius, I can't even say her name, an employee at an energy company accused Kumo of touching her chest during a conversation. Okay, so uh, let's see here, like, how, how, I don't know, I mean, did he actually go up there and, you know, just touch her boobs? Uh, I, I just don't understand how, she, she didn't explain what happened. Uh, she writes, um, I didn't know how to report what he did to me at the time and was burdened by shame, but not coming forward now would make me complicit in his lie and I won't do it. She told investigators. So what, how did he touch her chest? I think this is the woman who said that he hugged her too tight. All right. I think, I think she is. So, you know, again, you have to kind of read between the lines because if he groped her, if he actually groped her, if she said that he groped her, right, then New, the New York Post would actually write that because that's kind of juicy. Okay, state ent entity employee number one. So a woman identified only as state entity employee number one in the report said that Kumo groped her butt while posing for her uh, during a photo, uh, I guess, uh, at a, in New York City. She said she was shocked and told several family and friends about the incident at the time. Okay, so maybe he did that, and that is sexual harassment. So again, we have two or three, all right? Why don't we give, give the um, Virginia Lamatius, or whatever her name is, the, the benefit of the doubt. Okay, um, state entity, employee number two, all right? So this report also includes allegations from another staffer, a state-affiliated entity who is a doctor, um, okay, blah, 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 okay. Said that Kumo made a sexually suggestive joke to her in March 2020, right before she was to give him a nasal swab 
during a coronavirus-related conference. In front of the press and the camera, he told her, Nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. She said he found this, she said she found his comments offensive and that they would have not been made to an accomplished physician who was a man. Oh, so he complimented her on her looks and she got offended by that. That was a sexually suggestive joke? That's, that sounds like a compliment. You make that gown look good. He's giving her a compliment. How can that end up in the sexual report? That one is absolutely not sexual harassment. That one should be thrown out. <laughs> really? Really? He, he just said she looks good in the, in the gown. My God. Okay, next one. Uh, Caitlin. Uh, investigators also discuss um, allegations first made in New York Magazine by a woman named Caitlin, whose last name was not released. Uh, she said she hired the governor in 2016 after the two met at a fundraiser. Uh, during the year, she worked at the governor's office, blah, blah, blah. Let's see here. Um, she later moved on to work at a state ag agency, but would become visibly distressed whenever she had to return to the executive chamber's office for work, the report said, and nothing more was said about Caitlyn. What did Kumo did to her? I don't know. I mean, what, like, okay, so, so what did she do? What, what happened? What happened? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Anna Roosh. Okay, so Anna Roosh, who came forward in March, accused Kumo of inappropriate sexual behavior, saying he grabbed and kissed her at a 2019 wedding. Okay, so he told her that the governor made unwanted advances toward her and planted an unsolicited kiss on her cheek at the reception in Manhattan. Okay. He kissed her on the cheek. He kissed her on the cheek. Really? Woof, woof! I don't know, people. I really don't know about that one. I think I remember that one. There's a picture of her, I guess, on New Year's Eve. I think he asked, I think it was New Year's Eve, and he basically kissed her on the cheek. There's a picture of that. Um, Karen Hinton, the report doesn't delve into Hinton's allegations, though investigators do say they interviewed, interviewed her regarding her claims, including that Kumo once gave her an overly long and intimate hug in a hotel in December 2000. Another hug, another hug. Huh, I don't know. Let's take a look at this Anna Roosh uh, accusation here. So, uh, let's see, a third woman came forward. Okay, here's this. A third woman came forward on Monday to accuse New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of inappropriate sexual behavior, saying he grabbed and kissed her at a 2019 wedding. So Anna Roosh, who's 33, told the New York Times that the 63-year-old governor made unwanted advances toward her and planted an unsolicited kiss on her tree at a reception, wedding reception in Manhattan. He said, can I kiss you? Roosh recalled, I was so confused and shocked and embarrassed. The allegations comes after two state staffers accused Como, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's all he did. He says, can I kiss you? He asked her if he can kiss her. So within moments of being introduced, Roosh claimed the governor put his hands on the small of her lower back, which was exposed in an open back dress. I promptly removed his hands with my hand, which I thought was a clear indicator that I was not wanting him to touch me. Okay, 
He allegedly noted that Rouge seemed aggressive and then placed his hands on her cheek and asked if he could kiss her loudly enough for a friend of Rouge to hear, according to the report. I turned my head away and didn't have words at that moment. Okay. And he kissed her on the cheek. Very, 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 very creepy. Is that sexual harassment? I think that's an invasion of one's, uh, you know, I guess he should have read her body language a lot better. That, you know, he's trying to hit on her. He's trying to, you know, advance, do an advance with her. She said, no, walk away, right? He, he, I think, I think he's exercising some of his, uh, uh, male ego over there. Is it sexual harassment? I think that's very much borderline, but it is, it sounds like it's an unwanted advance. And I would say it's very inappropriate. Now, is it illegal though? Does this fall under what I would consider, you know, sexual harassment? I mean, again, when I consider sexual harassment, I'm thinking like, you know, Harvey Weinstein, right? I mean, really, really inappropriate stuff. But this right here, huh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just, in, it's inappropriate in a way of saying this unwanted. Is it a form of sexual harassment on a large scale? I would think it's probably on the smaller side than the larger, larger side. I think it probably still could be interpreted as sexual harassment. Right, um, but it's obvious that the girl didn't want him. He should have read her body language. She should have listened to him. Um, <laughs> I swear, she should have kicked him in the balls. Uh, that's what a lot of think. You know, uh, you know, these girls should have done. Um, but does it fall under, like, you know, I guess their definition of what sexual harassment is? To me, I think other than the groping and there's some, I think one or two other ones that are like, you know, actual sexual harassment, you know, obvious sexual harassment. This one may actually kind of fall into it. Um, I think four, four out of the 11 allegations, I think are maybe, you, you can make the slight argument for it. But again, I don't think it's as bad as, I guess, things that I've seen before in my life as a guy. I mean, I've seen guys, you know, you know, grab the butts of girls as they're walking by. I think that's bad. I think that's really, really bad, right? I, I've seen guys push themselves them, themselves up, among, up, up, up on girls at a bar, and, um, you know, the girls kind of take it, you know, like that, and they, they, they kind of reciprocate it a lot of times. And um, is that sexual harassment, though? I mean, I, I just don't understand and sometimes, right? Because some men are very, very aggressive like that, and... And they're aggressive to a lot of women, and a lot of women reciprocate that at the same time. So, you know, is it a perfect tsunami of just, you know, bad behavior, uh, giving birth to more bad behavior, right? Uh, he did, you know, maybe Kumo did this when he was a kid, and then he thought, okay, maybe, and then, uh, you know, with his Italian upbringing, which is, again, very affectionate, uh, is it just multiplied? I'm not making excuses for the guy. I, I'm just wondering, again, does it, going to the line of what we call sexual harassment. Like, I mean, of that scale where we say, wow, it's that, it's really that bad. You know, when I was watching that movie uh, today, uh, it was called No Reservations. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's about uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays a chef who's very much inner-retentive, and uh, she needs everything all perfect and all that. And she goes shopping at this uh, the New York fish market. And she looks at this. Uh, um, she looks at these fish. One of the one of one of the wholesalers there, who are the, who are these fishermen, uh, gets this fish that she loves, 
And she said, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. I love it. I love it. Love it. How can I ever thank you? And he says, how about a kiss right here on the cheek? And she goes, oh, come on. Just that goes a kiss right here on the cheek. She kisses him on the cheek, right? In this day and age, that would be seen as sexual harassment because he demanded her that he kissed her on the cheek. And if he didn't get a kiss on the cheek, he said, I'm not going to give you this fish. And of course, he was just joking it. But then it, be, it can be construed as sexual harassment, right? <laughs> Kumo, I think in some of these cases, he's hitting on these women. He's actually hitting on these women, right? And, and then he, um, you know, I know it's creepy. I know it's awful. <laughs> I mean, if I were like that girl, I'd be like, oh, this guy's kind of creepy. A creepy old guy's hitting on me, right? But is it sexually harassing them? No, he's just a creepy old guy, you know, hitting on you, right? Now, here's another thing too. Um, I heard, uh, I think I was watching it on Tucker today, that Governor Cuomo uh, I made some type of sexual remarks about his Emmy. He said that at the Emmy uh, Awards, that's a very busty woman on there, right? And... Uh, the woman had um, said that it was very strange that Governor Cuomo cons- uh, made a statement like that. <laughs> well, the truth is, the, the, the statue of the Emmy is actually very busty. It is very busty. If you look at it, it's very busty. And it's, it's comical. So is he making a comical statement or is it kind of a creepy statement, right? They said in the report that he was even checking out his Emmy uh, really? I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't think so. So anyway, where do I stand about on this? I think some of the allegations um, are somewhat legit. I mean, why don't we just say I do think they're legit. Are they, do they, are they enough to actually kick someone off uh, out of their job? You know, I would think so. The groping, the breast one, if that's completely legit, that's, you know, you should get kicked out, okay? Uh, if it, especially if it's real, right? Um, but some of the things where he was just turn, asking out the women, absolutely not. Uh, is it criminal? Um, the groping under the breast one, I think that's, you know, that's actually, you know, you can't stick your hand under a girl's shirt or blouse and grope her breast, right? That's illegal. That's, that's more, that's, that's sexual assault, that's not sexual harassment. That's sexual assault, right? So that he should go to jail for, you know? So why don't they press charges just for that? Uh, why, did, why don't they just take that one, that one case? Because I think that's a very solid argument right there. And, um, and just prosecute that one case. Because I think that's criminal. Uh, I think this whole AG report, though, is just kabuki theater. It's just a way, again, to feed Kumo up on a platter to Republicans so Republicans would just shut up about, you know, Governor Kumo, you know, sending infected COVID patients, elderly COVID patients into nursing care homes and killing them, right? I think that's the reason why. Anyway, what do you think? You may disagree with me. I don't know. Uh, it's a free country, right? We all have different opinions. That's it for this podcast. And, uh, hope you join me on my next podcast. By the way, if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to me. Talk to you later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, 
please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.